This is Dr. Sarah Stombaugh, and you are listening to the Conquer Your Weight Podcast, episode number 38. Welcome to the Conquer Your Weight Podcast, where you will learn to understand your mind and body so you can achieve long-term weight loss. Here's your host, obesity medicine physician and life coach, Dr. Sarah Stombaugh. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today. I am so excited to share with you today's episode. I interviewed a guest, Dr. Carolyn Francavilla. She, uh, like me, is also a family medicine physician and an obesity medicine specialist. And in addition to practicing family medicine and obesity medicine, she works with physicians to help teach them how to launch their own practices. All of her information will be on the show notes page. So do scroll down and check that out because she is a wealth of knowledge and I would love to share that with all of you. And with that, here's my interview with her. Welcome today. I am so excited. We have a guest with us, Dr. Carolyn Francavilla. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. I've been loving your podcast. Yes, you as well. We are two physicians in the obesity medicine world, and I'm glad we're connecting here on my podcast this evening. And I would love to hear a bit about you, uh, both personally and professionally, and how you are showing up in the weight loss world. Yeah. So I'm a family physician by training in my residency program. I um, knew I wanted to do something with lifestyle and helping people prevent medical problems. And I discovered uh, what was then called bariatric medicine, now obesity medicine, and knew that was just what I wanted to do. So I was very lucky that I discovered this early in my career and did additional training during residency, came out, took the board exam for obesity medicine right away after my family medicine boards and really hit the ground running, um, practicing obesity medicine, um, gosh, eight, nine, years ago, straight out of residency. So, um, and because I had done that pretty early in my career and started a practice, uh, taking insurance as the field has grown, I started to have more and more clinicians reach out to me, like, how do we start an obesity medicine practice to the point where I just couldn't answer that question anymore, um, on a daily basis. So about a year and a half ago, I created a course for physicians and other clinicians to really implement obesity medicine in their practice. It walks them through everything from how to do an intake with the patient to how to use medications, how to do nutrition coaching, how to do exercise coaching, how to look for and treat eating disorders. So really just wanted to brain dump everything that I had learned in the previous uh, several years into a toolbox that clinicians could just jump in and um, really start helping people. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. It's the field of obesity medicine is growing, as you said, over the last 10, 15 years. I, you know, I feel like when I was in medical school, even it wasn't something, I don't think we had a single lecture specifically targeted towards weight. And then similarly in my residency, I started to realize, wow, in family medicine, we're trying to do preventative medicine let's look at some of these root causes. And so I love that you're helping docs to be able to further their education in that. Yeah. I mean, my understanding is that even now, you know, the education in med school and residency is not that strong in this area. It's really kind of taking education a while to catch up. So many of us, you know, have to use other tools to learn these skills. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and it's so applicable. There are certainly people like you or and I who are in the obesity medicine world and seeing patients sometimes just for that. But there's a lot of people who are practicing in general primary care and, you know, whether it's family medicine, internal medicine, even pediatrics, a lot of ob with physicians, especially, yeah. And so being able to incorporate those things into their practice is really important. Yeah, absolutely. We, we all need um, in medicine to have some skills here to at least talk about things with appropriate language with our patients um, and have appropriate options that can help people that are evidence-based. And so I think pretty much every clinician needs to have some knowledge base here. And of course, then some of us, you know, really love it and and have a hard time doing anything else once we start doing this, but um, you know, really it's something that everyone in medicine should have exposure to. Tell me in your program are, is there a certain type of person or certain type of physician that's attracted to you? Or is it, is it people who are doing primary care? Is it people who are doing obesity medicine? Um, so, um, we, I definitely see that there are, um, a lot of primary care physicians, uh, who, who take the course for sure. Um, but I have interacted in the last couple of years with like radiologists who have an interest in this field. Uh, there are definitely, you know, lots of people coming from OBGYN, um, ER docs, definitely ER docs who, you know, mm-hmm. I think got kind of um, overworked in the last couple of years uh, with the pandemic. So sure. um, a variety of specialties, absolutely. And one group that seems particularly interested in this have been the DPC doctors. It seems like that group yes. because they do form closer relationships often with their patients and um, have the ability to focus more on prevention. The direct primary care uh, group really seems to have a lot of interest in obesity medicine. Yeah. And for those, for a lot of my listeners, they may not know what direct primary care is and it is primary care physicians and in a lot of different areas. So internal medicine, pediatrics, family medicine, sometimes other people, there's people coming in and what they call the direct specialty care um, arena, but that this idea that physicians are providing care directly to the patient. So a lot of times it's outside of insurance, although it doesn't have to be. And the physician may have a membership model and patients are coming just directly. It's oftentimes one doc or a couple docs, you know, a couple of staff. There's not these huge practices owned by another healthcare system. It's just a doc hanging their own shingle and running a practice in the way that they really would like to. Taking out a lot of the middlemen, you know, taking out insurance and um, bringing it directly to the patient, right? Not letting as much stuff get in the way between that doctor-patient relationship, I think is is the heart of DPC. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So tell me, when you're working with doctors, are there are there certain weight loss strategies that you are helping to teach them or things that you're really emphasizing and encouraging more than others? So I was thinking about this a little bit today because, you know, it's, it's March of 2023 and like GLP medications like Wagovi are like, yes. everywhere. You, know, you can't go 10 feet without hearing about them from, from someone, it seems like. And I am as excited as anyone about these medications, but I have also practiced in this field um, for many years before we had those tools. And so when I was thinking about, you know, what percentage of my course covers that uh, with, with actually the update version that's coming out, it's like. I don't know, maybe 5% of the course is really about that particular thing, right? Because 
I really individualize the treatment of weight for my patients. I always start with underlying causes. Why does this person struggle more than someone else? We know that there's this energy balance issue for everyone, right? You burn less calories as you lose weight and your hunger goes up and your lack of um, feeling full goes, goes up. And so that's kind of universal, but is there insulin resistance? Is there PCOS? Is there hypothyroid? Is there sleep apnea? Is there depression? Is there an eating disorder? Is there alcohol abuse? What else is going on that's making it hard for this person to lose weight if we can identify that? And I think there's lots of unknowns. So I emphasize that, um, emphasize all of the medications. We've had a toolbox of medications for a while. They are immensely useful um, and not everyone is going to respond or have access to our newer medications. So we need to be able to use that whole toolbox of medications. Mm -hmm. I really am a big fan of individualized nutrition counseling. Um, I really do much more like coaching in the way of nutrition. I don't think there's one right diet for people. So I always like to get a really thorough nutrition history for my patients and figure out, you know, what can we do to improve nutrition for them and their weight goals and their overall health goals, right? So if someone has a sensitivity to gluten, we need to keep that in mind. If someone doesn't feel good when they eat dairy, we need to keep that in mind. If someone wants to be plant-based, we need to keep that in mind. If someone's super, super busy and doesn't have time to cook, we need to keep that in mind. So I really um, do a lot of nutrition coaching to figure out what's going to make sense for that person. Same thing with exercise. We know more movement is better for all of us, right? So for some people that may be doing a dedicated workout class five days a week. Fantastic. For some people that may be going on a 15 minute walk at lunch and doing some stretching later in the day. And so we have to figure out what those individual health goals are for the person in front of us. Um, and then, uh, looking into behavior change, which I think you do so much of on your podcast, right? Like the million different things that, that we can do to improve our habits and improve consistency. So I really teach in all of those domains so that you have this really broad skill set that you can do for every patient. There's no like system, right? There's no like, well, just give people this, this diet and use this med and you're done. It really is a practice of medicine, right? Just like we wouldn't use one treatment strategy for depression. We don't use one treatment strategy for weight loss. Yeah. And I think especially with the GLP-1 medications, because they've been around for a while. So some of the earliest ones have been around actually almost 20 years now, but it's just in the last two or three years that they have exploded as especially what Govi has gotten approved specifically for weight loss. And then we've seen other like Manjaro come in the market as well. And with those medications, it's they're excellent tools, but I feel like it, there is this aspect of, oh, it's the magic weight loss. I'll say pill, but it's an injection, right? So this magic weight loss and injection, and we can't lose sight of all of the other lifestyle aspects. So working through the nutrition. I mean, they are a little bit magic. You know, I will oh, say totally. <laughs> that I've worked with for, for years and they've tried all the other tools and now, you know, they're finally on Wagovi and it really is like a switch in their head. They're really able to finally achieve their goals, but they have been working for years on consistent exercise and consistent mm -hmm. nutrition and consistent sleep and all these other things. And so that tool finally lets them be successful with all the things they have been doing for a long time. Right. Well, and that's exactly it is how can we have this comprehensive approach to make sure that Okay, let's, we've got this medicine that is working on the underlying physiology and the pathophysiology of obesity. So the problems that we're having as a result of our long-term weight, but then what are all the other tools that we can do? And like you said, 
we, you know, if we're prescribing the same type of diet for everyone, and if you tell someone to eat a very, you know, you have to cook these foods and they don't even like those foods or they don't have access to them or time to prepare them or whatever it is, that's not going to be a successful plan for you. So I love that you're encouraging docs to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It has to make sense for the the person in front of us. And, you know, there's probably some risk to these medications, especially the newer, more powerful ones, the GLPs, without appropriate nutrition and exercise counseling, because people can have rapid weight loss and we don't want them losing too much muscle mass, right? So Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that they have some counseling and guidelines around protein goals. We need to make sure that they're, you know, continuing to build muscle and do a little bit of strength training if possible. And we all know that exercise is good for all of us, right? We all live longer and better, but most of the data, it's like, it's that extra sauce when we're trying to lose weight, right? That Mm -hmm. it really, it it adds an extra 20 something percent when you're losing weight. So yeah, nutrition is huge. The meds are huge, but the exercise really is how you maintain weight. And it gives you that extra little bit of weight loss too. Yeah. Well, when you look at that energy in versus energy out, we all know that the equation is so much more complex than that. But there is still some fundamental of there is a, the energy and energy out balance is not there. And so what are the things that we can do to alter that equation? Absolutely. Yeah. We, I think the data is really good that more exercise is great for weight maintenance. Um, Mm -hmm. if you look at the national weight control registry, which is, you know, some of my favorite stuff to cite, um, the people who lose large amounts of weight and keep it off, they exercise consistently, usually an hour a day, usually by walking, which you had just a fantastic podcast episode recently that emphasized some of the walking. And, uh, so we do know that it's, it's really important. We have to use all the tools together. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and who cares if you lose weight, right? Like there, the point is not to lose weight. The point is to lose weight and then to maintain your weight loss. Yes. Yes. I just said earlier today on a little Instagram post, like there's a million ways to lose weight, but like, what are you going to do to maintain it? Cause that really mm-hmm. is the key. Well, I think that's where so much of this comes in because you can do the juice fast or the crazy, you know, whatever diet, whatever plan that you come across, but when it doesn't fit at all and you do that for a limited period of time, it's not going to be a long-term solution. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So tell me when you're working with, with doctors, are there things that they, that are new to them or that they hear from you that they are just so excited to bring back to their patients? You know, I think that the nutrition side is actually the hardest part for a lot of docs to wrap their head around because we always get told, and I always say when I teach, like if if you have a test question, okay, you have a board exam question, the right answer is the Mediterranean diet. I don't yeah. even care what the question is. The answer is the Mediterranean diet, if that's one of the options, right? So we Absolutely. get kind of told into being told like certain things are the best thing. Like the Mediterranean diet is really good. The Mediterranean diet is really good. But in my clinical experience, like the Mediterranean diet is not necessarily like the easiest to teach or um, adapt in real life. It, it's not always like a realistic real world strategy. And even though it is a very healthy diet and it has, I think, good data on health, it's not always a weight loss diet. And if our patients are coming to us to lose weight, then we need a plan that helps them lose weight. So my nutrition counseling has gotten simpler and simpler over the years because it really goes back to what's the patient doing right now and how can we 
you know, tidy that up? How can we make it work better for them? And then utilizing a medication so they can actually stick to that plan. Because most of my patients have tried many of those diets and they work for a period of time, but then they don't work. And that's where the medication allows them to be successful long-term with a nutrition plan that works for them. So I think that's often the most surprising thing when I'm teaching is people are like, well, what's the best diet? Uh, like I've got uh, some secret, right? You know, what do you tell your patients to eat? And there's, there's really no best diet. It really has to be individualized. And I think our nutrition advice can actually be fairly simple um, when we are using our other tools. Yeah, I agree. Because the best diet is the one you'll stick to. Exactly. Exactly. And we, like we have data that says that, right? Best diet exactly, for yeah. Both health and the best diet for weight loss is the one you can stick with and not stick with for 30 days or 12 weeks, but stick with for years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and learning how to, how do you incorporate all of the things you love into a way that's going to serve your needs? And so if you absolutely love that piece of chocolate cake, to find a way that you can eat that and really enjoy it on your birthday or, you know, on the infrequent occasions to be able to fit it into your plan, as opposed to just, nope, you can never have a dessert ever again for the rest of your entire life is pretty daunting. Which just isn't realistic, right? I remember when I first started doing this in residency saying, I never want to be the person who doesn't eat cake at a wedding, right? Like I want to be able to have those treats and those celebrations in their appropriate setting, right? Mm -hmm. And I want my patients to be able to do that as well. I would never want to take that away from someone. And I don't think it's realistic for someone to feel like they can never eat cake again. Yeah. And so those strategies of how do I work around that and be able to apply this in a way that I can do it, but not overdo it and feel totally in control. Yeah. Tell me with your, as a doctors, how do you feel like we can best support patients through their weight loss journeys? The most important thing I think I have learned is when I first meet with a patient, to number one, get their, their whole story, um, listen to their whole story and give them support that they're not alone in their experience and that they haven't done anything wrong. So that's sort of the first thing that I think is really powerful in establishing um, care with the patient for their weight. And then I think the next thing is letting them know early on, usually at that first visit that I'm here no matter what. So the beginning is often really fun because you're going to be coming to each appointment and you're going to be losing weight and you're going to be excited and you're going to be telling me about all your wins. And then at some point there's likely to be a setback. So maybe that's that you stop losing weight and I'm going to say you're doing great, but you're going to feel frustrated. Maybe it's that you're going to regain weight. Maybe you're going to have an injury or a surgery that sets you back. And my patient's instinct is not to come back until they've gotten to their previous weight, right? They don't want to come in and feel like a failure and feel Mm -hmm. like they've regained weight and that they're going to disappoint me. And so I realized that pretty quickly that people were doing that. And so now I get that out of the, in the open at the beginning to say, it's going to be great, but there may be a hard time. I don't know when it's going to be. It might be in three months. It might be in six months. It might be in four years, but that's when you really need me. You need me when you're gaining weight. You need me when it feels like it doesn't working. You need me when life gets really tough and you don't know if you can stick with your nutrition plan anymore and you need something else. So I think putting that out there that like, I am here no matter what, it's fun and exciting when you're losing weight, but when you really need me is when it gets hard. Yeah. Well, I love, I love that you're saying that right from the beginning, because setting that expectation, like 
this isn't a homework assignment. Like this isn't, you're not getting graded. The times when you're not doing well, I'm here to support you the most. And so you better, like you show up then and I'm here to help you. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So let me ask you for a lot of my listeners, they may be looking for an obesity medicine physician and you are working with lots of them. What do you think is the best way to get connected with someone who can help my patients or my listeners to lose weight? Yeah. So hoping someday that I'll have uh, more docs on my team. I'm in Denver and you've got solutions in a couple of states, right? Um, yes. But you know, the, the databases where you can look for a um, obesity physician is the American Board of Obesity Medicine. So those are doctors who, you know, have done additional training and passed a board exam in this field. So that is a great resource. And then um, the Obesity Medicine Association also has um, a resource where you can look up clinicians who are members of that organization. So that's someone who also has shown that they have an interest in this field um, and are actively engaging in education around weight. So I think those are two great tools to find someone who's going to be evidence-based and um, hopefully up to date with the newer things. Uh, there's a lot available right now, you know, even mm -hmm. two years ago, maybe even eight months ago, um, there was not as many resources to get help with weight. And it definitely is growing. So, um, you know, I think looking for someone who's done additional training, not someone who's just jumping on some of the new, newer trending meds, if you're really looking for support is probably helpful. Yeah, I agree completely. Thank you for sharing that. And as we wrap up today, are there any things that you would want to make sure to share with my listeners, share with docs who may be listening that they make sure to take away? Oh gosh, that's tough because I could talk yeah. about all day <laughs> we'll talk for one more hour about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, one of the, the biggest challenges that patients have and that clinicians can have is if they don't truly understand that weight regulation is sort of a medical problem, that there's a lot of judgment and bias and blame. And I think the best thing that anyone can do for themselves if they are struggling with their weight is to like let go of that blame and realize that you're probably not doing anything wrong. And if it feels like it's a lot easier for your friend or your sister or your husband, it probably is because they have different biology than you. And same thing for, you know, clinicians, like you really have to start wrapping your head around the idea that there are biologic reasons why people struggle with their weight. And we have tools to counteract that. And we need to think of it that way. And we need to get rid of any blame or judgment um, about this problem. Yeah. Well, I think it keeps people from seeking treatment. It's, you know, there's really no difference between having an elevated weight as opposed to having an elevated blood pressure. But the difference is it's a condition that we wear on the outside of our body. So other people see it. We have a lot of thoughts and judgments about it. And there's a big bias that can come with that. Absolutely. And so there's that bias internally, right? We judge ourselves and then that bias towards other people. And so practicing recognizing when you are having that bias again for yourself or for others, because it is still a really prevalent bias in our culture. And I think for any of us to move forward, uh, we have to just truly let go of that. Yeah, absolutely. And so to be able to best support our patients, that is one of the most important things we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And that's applicable for everyone, right? Like we have to let go of that, that bias, whether we're seeing someone in the ER or seeing someone who needs surgery or seeing someone who's asking for help with their weight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if my, if my listeners want to learn more about you, where can they do that? 
Yeah. So my podcast is focused on health and weight and it's the Dr. Frankavilla show. So that is a great place to continue some of these discussions. And uh, my practice in Colorado is uh, Green Mountain Partners for Health. And we have a great team that is accepting new patients. That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.